So years ago, when I was in college in Limerick, there was a music society. And the music society had a load of instruments and a big stage and lights and all sorts of stuff uh, at the disposition of the students. So I joined it with a few friends of mine. And we started a band. And our band was called Head Rush. And uh, I actually came up with the name. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with myself for that. So now we, as Head Rush, um, we had, I think, two practice sessions. And that's as far as we got. Uh, we never played a gig ever. Uh, that was mainly because of the completely different music styles of all four of us. Our drummer was into drum and bass. So it's, I won't even do it now because we're on live stream. Uh, but just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fast-paced drumming rhythm. Um, our lead guitarist was into all that kind of screaming, ah, kind of music. Uh, I was singing like country roads, take me home. I was into kind of ballads and that sort of stuff. And then there was a, another guitarist then who wanted everything to be in 5-4 rhythm and kind of all alternative stuff. So when we played, it was like a jazz band. Everyone was playing their own stuff. No one was listening to anybody else. It was absolute chaos. And I just <coughs> I find it interesting. Um, it's interesting kind of analogy for what can happen in a parish or what can happen uh, in, in the church as well, that everyone can be busy, you know, be busy doing stuff. But unless we're rowing in the same direction, you don't get anywhere. So everyone's busy, and we can be kind of patting ourselves in the back for being so busy. But if we're not, if, if our goal isn't clear, well then just the resources are just kind of going every direction, and we're spinning around in circles, or maybe even going backwards. <clears throat> so a clear goal, I mean, it sounds so obvious when you state it, when you actually say it out loud, it sounds so obvious. But in practice, this doesn't always happen. A clear goal is essential for any kind of renewal. Also in your spiritual life, a clear goal. What are you trying to attain? If you don't know, then how are you going to get there? Because I mean, you might kind of wait for the, the current of life just to kind of carry you there. But what if the current of life isn't going that direction? And invariably these days, the current of life is not going towards a deeper, more fervent prayer life, a deeper devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, deeper love for the rosary. The, the, the culture is not going that direction. <clears throat> so, so we have to know what we want. We have to know what we're called to. We have to know where we're going, or at least where we're called to go. I might know that I'm called this way, but I might, I might be kind of pulling myself that direction, but at least I, at least I know where I'm called to go. So th that has to be very, very clear for us, you know? For each of us as individuals, that we choose this as individuals, that we, as such, obviously as a church, we have to know where we're going, but also as individuals. Okay? So, like, okay. <clears throat> the overarching call for everyone is heaven. Now, you can call heaven different things. You can call it unity with God. You can call it uh, eternal happiness. You can call it oneness with the, with the Trinity. But ultimately, heaven is being taken into God. That's the, the ultimate call for everyone. Okay, now how we get there, the steps that we, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the steps that we have to take to get there, our individual responsibilities on that road, they vary from person to person, depends on where you are, uh, depends on, on, on your calling in life. Jonah, in today's reading, I love the story of Jonah, it's very, very interesting, uh, because when Jonah hears God's call, and he knows it's God's call, he doesn't deny it or say, that wasn't God calling me, <laughs> it's fine, no, he knew absolutely knew this is God calling me God wants me to go to Nineveh 
So I'm going to go to Tarshish. <laughs> right? Tarshish was the, like, it was, uh, there were a few places, we're not 100% sure, we're not 100% sure which Tarshish Jonah was referring to, because apparently there were, there, were, there were a few. One was near Gibraltar. So it was like, you know, the end of Europe, which for them was the end of the world. Okay, so you're calling me to Nineveh, I will go as far as I can the other direction. You know, if I go any further, I'll fall off the planet kind of thing. You know, so that, that's how far away he wanted to get. So he wasn't unsure what God was calling him to. He knew well what God was calling him to, but did not want to do it. Okay, so this, maybe, maybe this is where we're at, <coughs> where <clears throat> I feel I'm called to, to grow in my prayer life, which concretely means I should pray a rosary every day. Now, I can kind of to and fro and kind of hum and haw about that, but ultimately, do I want to grow in my prayer life or don't I? Do you know, I mean, I, I, we can kind of, we can think about it. We can think it would be nice, it would be lovely. But am I going to do this or not? Because if this is the next step I'm called to, well then, that's the next step. So are you going to do it or aren't you? Like, you know, there's no point kind of like kind of getting lost. Oh, I wonder if I was a mystic or, do you know, like, sorry, this is the next concrete step. If you want to grow in your prayer life and you feel this is what you're called to, do it. Take that step. Now, stop waiting. Just do it. <clears throat> or if you feel that the next step is, is the, the forgiveness of someone who, who you're holding a grudge against. Well, again, if that's the next step in this overall goal to sanctity, heaven, uh, unity with God, well, if, if the next step is forgiveness, well, then like, start working on that. If the next step is, is rooting out of, of, of a, uh, an addiction, <clears throat> addiction to phone or pornography or alcohol or whatever it may be, then if that's the next step, then start working on that. But like, start. You know, start moving the right direction. Otherwise, we'll, we'll wonder why we're not getting any further and why after years, yeah, my prayer life hasn't changed. But yet you've been on the cusp, on that, like, the threshold of the next step in sanctity, but you haven't taken it. Right? So Jonah <clears throat> knows what God's call is, does not want to follow it because it may have difficult repercussions. Okay, as a prophet, a prophet, we've said this a million times here, I'll say it once more just because there are new people here. Um, a prophet had a very difficult vocation because if you walk into any city, you can imagine today, it's very, very easy to imagine, you walk into Tlanmel and say, unless Tlanmel changes its ways, <clears throat> a great chastisement will, will befall it and the, and the town will be burned up. Okay, reaction of the people? Are you mad? Right? So people don't believe you. Okay? Now, you may have some sort of a sign. You may be able to work some sort of wonder. In, in Jonah's case, he didn't. He didn't have any. Just, it was just, he preached it like in, the, the city will be destroyed unless it converts. Now, as we would say, there are unfair Jews to them, but they actually listened to him. And the king declared a fast and, and so on and so forth. Now the problem is though, if you prophesy something like this in a town, okay, say nothing, if nothing happens, ha, loser. If something does happen and a, a chastisement does come, why didn't you warn us more forcefully? Either way, it's your fault. Do you know what I mean? If nothing happens, if nothing happens, you're just a madman. But if something does happen, some chastisement does come, it's your fault for not warning us more, more con con compellingly or convincingly. So you can't win. That's, that's an awful job to be a, to be a prophet like. So Jonah prophesies that the city will be destroyed unless it converts. It does convert. And now Jonah's annoyed. 
He's indignant. He's actually fell into a rage. Why didn't you destroy them? You told me you would destroy them. <clears throat> God says, no, I told you I'd destroy them if they didn't convert. They converted, so what am I supposed to do? And he said, yeah, but like, you know, and so he's annoyed at God. Because, like, you know, if you could say, like, you know, the city shall be destroyed if you don't convert, and then it's destroyed, you, huh, told you. And you're proved right. But if the city isn't destroyed, now there's no evidence that what you said was true at all. You know? So he's left in this kind of... This, so, he's, so, so, so it's funny because he says, he says it twice. Like He's angry to the point of death. All right? And this, this, the discussion with God um, is very, very interesting. When, when God asks him, uh, have you... Where is it now? I might as well be dead as go on living. And God said, are you right to be angry about the castor oil plant? And Jonah replies, I have every right to be angry. <laughs> to the point of death. Like, he really drives, I have every right to be angry. So, he, he has this kind of miserable vocation as, as, as a prophet, and then, like, the weather's beating down on him, and, you know, he's getting the, the, the east wind blowing in his face. He's just rightly miserable, you know? Um, I, I get it. I understand him. I do understand him. Like, it's... <clears throat> but then, like, the Lord says, it's just, it's just so beautiful, okay? Keep in mind, Nineveh, that's a, an Assyrian city. So, Assyria, not Syria, Assyria. So on, on the way over to, to Babylon. You're not fully in Babylon yet. So it's northeast of uh, the, whole, the present day Holy Land. So they weren't Jews. Okay, so they're not the chosen people. You're upset about the castor oil plant, which cost you no labor, which you did not make grow, which sprouted in a night and perished in a night. And I'm not to feel sorry for Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left, so people who are lost, can't tell their right from their left. Am I not supposed to feel sorry for them? And that's how we have the psalm then, O Lord, have mercy. You, O Lord, have mercy and compassion. All right, so we're seeing something of, of the Lord's heart, even like what we were saying yesterday about divine mercy, you know, that divine mercy, the devotion to divine mercy of St. Faustina, doesn't reveal that God was merciful. God has always been merciful. But at times we need to kind of get back to these kind of, back to, back to basics, back to a basic understanding of, of God. And don't forget his mercy. <clears throat> so, ultimately, let's draw this whole thing to a conclusion. Each one of us on this great call to, to sanctity, sanctity for the church, sanctity for our parish, sanctity for myself, all of us are called to this, this great vocation of sanctity. But all of us are, are in, in different places and have a different next step, which God is calling us to. Taking that next step is what brings us forward. And if we prayerfully discern and know what that next step is, do it. Do it. Stop thinking about it, reflecting on it. Do it. And then after that, there'll, there'll be another step. But one at a time, one at a time. And then we'll actually see how, how we begin to move in our spiritual life. It is a real danger that, that our spiritual lives can become really, really stagnant and that it, it just it, it boils down to Sunday Mass and the occasional prayer for need a parking space. And that's kind of, that my faith just boils down to that. It's not the worst, but it could be an awful lot better. Don't stop moving. So we ask the Lord today to help us to take that next step in our spiritual lives and the next step towards sanctity whatever it costs may the Lord 
plant within our hearts that deep recognition and knowledge that he is full of mercy and compassion. Amen.